Easter Sunday, April the 17th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Great. Good morning, everybody. Can I add my welcome to that of uh, Sam and Jemima? We're really thrilled that you're here this morning as we celebrate Easter and as we join with friends and family as Jasmine and Emily get baptized today. And uh, we're super excited that you're here to share in that uh, with us. My name is Simon, Simon Harris. It's my pleasure to lead uh, the team here. And the whole Burlington family welcomes you as we celebrate Easter together. We've already been together this morning at uh, just around six o'clock. We were uh, down at the uh, waterfront, uh, glorious sunrise. The sun did come up over the hill as a reminder that the sun, S-O-N, rose and is alive both now and forevermore. I'd love you to stand, would you please? And to remind you of the journey that we've been on as uh, a church family over these last few weeks. We're looking at a book in the Bible called the book of Hebrews and it invites us to know in our heads and in our hearts that the faith that we believe is something about how we think but it's also about how we feel. It touches us in the core of our being. So head truth about Easter Sunday is that Jesus is alive and we can be absolutely confident in this life and the next as we trust him because he's alive. That's the truth in our heads. But today we want that truth to touch our hearts. So I want you in this moment to think of a moment in your life when you were most fully alive, when you felt most centered, when you felt more joy than perhaps you felt or known at any other time. Holy Spirit, would you help us to recollect a moment in our lives when we felt more full of life than ever before? Can you feel it? Can you see it? Can you lean into the emotion of that moment when you've never felt so alive? And then would you dare to let your mind and your heart imagine that meeting the risen Jesus is a hundred thousand times more life-giving, more joy-inducing, more thrilling, more delightful than that experience. If only you could bottle that experience, but imagine it multiplied a hundred thousand times. That's the reality of meeting the risen Jesus who is alive. And so we celebrate the greatest day in history. Hi guys, I'm Jazz and I'm 15. Um, so I was brought up in a really strong Christian family. My mum and dad are both Christians, and my grandparents up there are also Christians. Um, so I've been wanting to get baptised for so many years, but things just seem to ke- keep getting in the way. Um, so in 2020, um, there was obviously so much that went on with COVID. And in 
January, February, and March, there was so much that went on in my family. Um, in April, I started um, thinking that everything was my fault and blaming myself for everything that went wrong in life. Um, anything and everything was always my fault. So I ended up in September, started um, self-harming because I thought that, that was the best way to cope with things. Um, I then got to the point by October, November, that I no longer wanted to live. I wanted to be dead. I didn't want to live here. I had started starving myself. I had, would eat breakfast, wouldn't eat lunch, would eat dinner. And then I started throwing up dinner intentionally to make myself thinner. I heard and I listened to the voice of the devil in my head telling me I wasn't good enough. But I turned to God and I begged for forgiveness and I asked, I really need help. I said to him, Lord, I need help. I don't want to be here, but I want to survive. And then I said that I needed help from my family. I turned to my mum and dad, my grandparents, my aunt, for help. When I was self-harming, I just I didn't know what to do and I didn't know a way out. I then learned that God created me. And so if I, every time I hurt myself, I was hurting him a thousand times harder and a thousand times more. So hurting myself wasn't just hurting me, but it was hurting my family and hurting him. I could not do that to God any longer, and I stopped. I forgave myself and forgave others, and others forgave me, and God forgave me. And even though things kept getting in the way, now is the right time. Good morning, everyone. I'm Emily. I don't need to read that bit. Uh, my name is Emily, and it's a joy to have you all here um, to witness both of our baptisms. So thank you so much. Um, just going to share a little bit, like, uh, as many stories start, I grew up in a Christian household um, ever since I was born, and I kind of knew of God, but I didn't know God. I knew that my parents followed someone called God, and I knew that my siblings and I kind of knew of him and went to church each, each week and only because we had to and because I knew that I got biscuits and squash afterwards. Uh, let's be honest. Um, my mum started training to become a vicar when I was five. So we moved around a lot, I think about 12 times. Um, and I'd be reading the Bible readings and singing in worship each week. But never knowing who I was worshipping or kind of even that it was worship in the first place. I unfortunately experienced some traumatic events growing up, um, which is the reason why I struggled, I think, with the emotions of kind of feeling unloved and unknown and lost and abandoned. When in actual fact that wasn't true, that couldn't be further from the truth. I was loved, I was known and I was accepted by a father who I just hadn't met yet. When I was 15, I was invited... I'm 20, just to put into context. When I was 15, I was invited by a friend from school to go on a Christian camp. Woo-woo, two friends right here. Um, down south for 10 days. And this was where I met Jesus for the first time. 
Um, I walked into this huge space filled with like a hundred Christians our age and I was just like did not know this existed because I'd grown up going to the little countryside churches where there are about 10 people each week and my parents were the youngest so like wasn't really used to that (laughs) so going in there I just I was like oh okay this isn't my parents faith or it doesn't have to just be my parents faith it can be mine And that was the first time that I kind of started to discover who Jesus is. And I read the Bible kind of properly for the first time and um, experienced community in Christ for the first time properly. And it changed my life. Looking back, I can see God's plan in it all. As I met Jesus less than a month before I entered one of the most challenging seasons of my life, I developed a really unhealthy relationship with food as a response to all of the trauma that I had and went into a really deep season of depression during a period of school which is so demanding. So I kind of just used like a busy schedule to just let that stack up in the background. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work. Just to let you know. Um, The combination of all of those things was just a recipe for disaster But I never quite gave in or gave up, and I never knew why then. But looking back, Jesus was fighting my corner, and I, even when I couldn't and I didn't have the strength to do it, Jesus was doing it for me. I hated everything about myself. I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I was. I hated that I was using other mechanisms to cope other than Jesus, because I didn't want to, but I was just in this relentless cycle where I felt like I couldn't get out. I met with Jesus again that next summer at camp and decided I wanted to give this faith thing another go. So I started a Christian union at school when I got into sixth form. And we had so many people come who don't or didn't believe and just wanted to know and were curious. And that curiosity really inspired me to to just go deeper in my faith. Um, I then became friends with Jacob, Joel and Dan. (laughs) awesome trio um and started doing weekly bible studies and I've got to admit I they invited me along and I literally didn't know them at all and I remember being in the car and I was driving I was like god what am I doing like I'm driving to this stranger's house and now they're like three of my absolute best friends so love you guys um but again started to understand (laughs) yeah best friend Joel thanks (laughs) friends in uh (laughs) Um, again, a time when I just started to read the Bible and understand it and ask those questions which you feel embarrassed to ask in front of people, um, but I didn't there, having a safe space to talk. Um, and just over one year later, we hit COVID. And that was when our little community uh, grew more and more and, and just beyond what we even expected or imagined. And God just did amazing things. Um, and we did our weekly Bible study on Zoom. We had those little pub quizzes, which we all got very fed up of, fed up of in the end, didn't we? Um, but COVID forced me to slow down my life and to realize that I was placing all of these priorities and all of these dependencies on things that were never going to satisfy me. It forced me to stop having this busy schedule and slow down and rethink what I was placing my uh, like dependencies on. Um, 
And so therefore, lockdown was when my faith grew uh, the most it's ever grown. Um, and I realized that God was calling me to come to know him and follow him really closely. Um, throughout my teenage years, I always experienced a lot of ill health. Um, and unfortunately, it's dramatically worse in the past couple of years. Um, I went from this fast-paced life pre-COVID, playing netball in orchestras, crazy school life, <laughs> Flora knows, um, and went from that to what now feels like endless hospital trips and appointments and being so ill that I can't leave bed and career changes, you know. It, and unfortunately, it's an ongoing battle um, and therefore something that massively affected my mental health um, and really made me question whether God truly existed at all, to be honest. Um, I went underwent an operation last summer where we were waiting for answers and we didn't get those answers. And I was just thinking, how is there a God that even exists when I am so at my limit? I am so done and it feels like it's still going. And I was like, when is, when is this going to stop? So I nearly walked away from my faith um, and I was so close. And there was always just something, like a tiny thing in the back of my head and I never, obviously... <laughs> Never walked away, as you can tell. Um, but I was letting the anger and the sadness of everything going on in my life control, control me and control who I was so much that I couldn't even hear God or see God. Um, so by being in community, it really brought me into understanding who God was again and getting my head in place so that my heart could then be in place with what I knew. So I'm learning to live in the storm. <laughs> it's been the hardest couple of years. But through that, I've learned that I'm so precious in God's eyes. Um, and that he's the only one that can satisfy. Like, even see <laughs> instead of relying on relationships or popularity or scrolling endlessly through my phone comparing myself to people anyone I decided to have a relationship with Jesus instead and it saved me and it, I'm crying because I just, for anyone who's in here who, who doesn't know God, I'm, I just pray that you will find him because he loves you so much. And as you can tell from my story, by no means is your life perfect once you come to follow God. But what is granted is that God will love you more than anything else can. So, Rather than relying on all of these materialistic things that will one day end and you'll be left there with nothing, find a relationship with God and let that lead your life. Galatians chapter 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus died for us. He died so that all of those things, when I was relying on relationships or, you know, unhealthy eating habits, he's forgiven me and he loved me before I even knew him. And he loves me now. He doesn't love me because I'm getting baptized. He loves me because I'm me. And there's no other love like that. Committing my life to Jesus is the best decision I have and will ever make. Come on. Great. I'm um there's there's kind of good news and, and bad news. I'm I, I'm not gonna preach now this morning. Uh for that's for Rich's benefit. He clapped. Simone smiled too much for Simone's benefit and all you other people who uh, showed too much delight on hearing that news. Spontaneous delight. Uh, and I tell you why. I tell you why. Be- because you've heard a message in those girls that's alive. You with me? Yeah, you've heard something that rings true. And if you want to hear what I would have said, you can hear that next week or maybe something something similar to what I might have said. Because we had a story, didn't we, about three people that encountered Jesus. Mary, the 12 disciples, and then Thomas. And they were just a snapshot of other stories of people that encountered Jesus. You see, think about Peter for a moment. Peter who felt he'd failed. He'd he'd abandoned Jesus. Have you ever promised something and not delivered? No? That's just me. Have you ever said, yes, I will, and then you didn't? Have you ever said, "Uh, this will never change, and it did? I won't do that again, go there again, say that again, and you did go, and you have said. Or Peter was like that. And his life was in ruins because when he saw who he was up close and personal, he did not like what he saw. So many of us know that feeling, don't you? That when you honestly take a hard look at something about you, you don't like what you see. And that sense of failure that Peter had locked him in something we call shame. And shame is probably the most destructive emotion in the whole of humanity. Because shame, unlike guilt, guilt says, you've done something wrong. Well, if you've done something wrong, you can receive forgiveness and be cleansed and you can start anew. That's the truth. Shame says you are wrong. And the God of heaven says, no, you're not. The God of heaven says, no, the God of heaven says, I made you in my image and I love you. Yes, you, you, you're broken. Yes, you're hurting. Yes, you make mistakes. Yes, you failed. Yes, you're not who you know you can be. And that's the tension in our hearts. We, we know we can be more than who and what we are, but somehow we don't quite 
realize it because shame covers us like a cloak. And Peter was in his shame because he'd failed Jesus. He said, I'm going to go everywhere to you. And then a little slave girl said, were you with him? No. And he bailed out on Jesus when Jesus needed him the most. And when Jesus came back, there's this lovely phrase in the Bible. Go tell the others and Peter. And Peter. You can put your name there. Jesus wants the whole world to know that he's alive and you. All your shame. All your failure, all the sense that you're not enough, all that feeling I, I, I wish I could be, I want to be, I'm, but I'm not. All of that stuff. And he met the risen Jesus. And something happened in that encounter, which has been happening for 2,000 years in Jasmine and Emily's and the Jasmine and Emily's all around the world that will get baptized today. Something happened in meeting the risen Jesus that changed them from the inside out, both now and forever. If you are living with a sense of shame, I'm not sure I'm enough. Jesus came back and said, and you, for you, for you, for you. For you, for you, for, for you, and you. That's why he came. And we can't express it any more clearly than what you've heard in two young lives that haven't just learned something in their head, they've discovered something that changes them now and forever. And what changes us now and forever is what we're about to sing about. And there's the most famous of Psalms, Psalm 23, that says, with this Jesus, with this shepherd, I have everything that I need. And it says this, that goodness and mercy, goodness and love will follow me, will go with me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord together. Can you imagine, can you dream of living with the goodness of God at the center of your being instead of shame, instead of I'm not enough, instead of my faults and my failures and my mistakes, instead of looking closely at who I am and not liking what I see? Can you imagine to look into the center of who you are and to know and to see and to experience the goodness of God? That's what it means to meet the risen Jesus. And we're going to share a simple meal after the song, some bread and some wine, just like Jesus did. And Jesus said, when you, when you do this, when you do this, remember me. When you do this, meet with me. And that will be our invitation.